and welcome to Stationary Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford and joined as always by my friend and co-host, Stu Lennon. Hey Stu, how's life in the Mediterranean today? It's lovely. A shade warm, I'm prepared to concede. It's a bit toasty. Mm. Um, I'm just looking at what we've got to do. About 34 today, so warm-ish. Um, I'm, I'm safely ensconced in my home office in the aircon, so I'm feeling reasonably okay with life. How are you on this eve of Canada Day as we record? Well, I'm, I'm back in long pants today, Stu. Yeah. We, we, we had uh, one of those days, I think it was 32 on Monday, we were sitting out at a local restaurant having some dinner, and it was just gorgeous. And then the day after, we had all the thunderstorms come in, and the temperature dropped, and it rained, and well... I, I had to put on long pants, so 12 degrees at the moment. It's it's early in the morning, but still that's uh, a little chilly. Hopefully it's going to warm up today and I can get back into my summer sweatpants, which are the shorts. <laughs> oh, I tell you, what, what wardrobes we have, Justin? What, what variety? Okay. Yeah, and I ordered more podcast t-shirts the other day, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> my, my life, sweatpants and shorts or, and, a t- and a podcast t-shirt. That's all we, we, we need merch. <laughs> I think we need some merch just so that we can pimp our own shows. Buy it ourselves. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm here in, um, I, it's quite a picture, Justin. I'm, I'm here in my customary stripy long stockings, which, uh, you know, make all the heads turn, uh, black basketball sh- uh, shorts and, uh, an ATP t-shirt. There you are. Yeah. Not, not fitting to type at all. We're like brothers from different mothers. <laughs> oh dear the question is how's your foot doing uh the leg uh it's it's healing um without getting too graphic it's sort of okay it's filling um which is nice um but it has uh, i today was my last day as we record today was my last day on antibiotics Mm. and um there's still i think the the last remnant of infection in there so uh, i am seeing my medical professional tomorrow afternoon um, where, um, I think I mentioned to you, I don't know if I said it on air, but she's quite squeamish. So, <laughs> so she'll look at it sort of askance and go, Hmm. Uh, and then we'll decide whether I should take any more antibiotics. She's one of those rare things in these modern times. Uh, she doesn't sort of throw these things out like smarties. Um, she, she won't let you have antibiotics unless she thinks you really need them. So, uh, we will have a little chat tomorrow, but hopefully, hopefully it's on the mend. It seems to be on the mend. just a little bit painful now and again. Oof. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm glad it's healing just so that I don't have to think about it anymore because it's right up there with oh, honestly just the expenditure on bandages. <laughs> that alone is costing me a fortune. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, hopefully you can Amazon them uh, to you at a reasonable price. No, oh, no, no. We go into the pharmacy here and uh, support our local pharmacy. Oh, we're we're of that age, Justin, where you, you know you and I need to look after our pharmacists. Um, I know mine by name now. You know, she, she waves as I drive past. I was going to say, uh, you know, after after the year that I've had, uh, I'm definitely on first name basis with all the pharmacists that work in my local pharmacy as well. So yeah, I get that completely. Ah, the privilege of age. You get to know your pharmacy. A little bit better. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Um, I wanted to follow up a little bit. I had a confession that I had to make to the wife last night. <clears throat> uh, we were out doing a little bit of shopping and I bought some bleach wipes, 
which are they're, they're like pre-moistened towelettes mm -hmm. in a tub that have bleach in them because well i've been living with the stain of ink on my sink and I've got to try something else. <laughs> and of course, you know, as soon as I reach for the package called bleach, uh, my wife's radar went, what, what are you doing with those? We're not allowed bleach. We have a septic tank. And that was a conversation where I had to fess up a little bit. It did not go as bad as I expected, uh, perhaps because I took the initiative to say, it's not too bad. I'm just going to wipe it off and, and keep these around for any further ink uh, problems. But um yeah, I, I narrowly dodged that bullet of having her come look at it. And more than that, uh, correct me because my cleaning is wrong and do it properly for me. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm sure, I'm sure your reward will come for having bared your soul in such an honest and straightforward way. It was really blue, wasn't it? That was your problem. I was, it was smurfy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a preempt. That's a preemptive confession if ever I've seen one. <laughs> oh, come on, Stu. We're we're men <laughs> of a certain age. Exactly. When, when do we ever confess anything? There's not a woman in the. There's not a woman listening that's buying this, Justin. <laughs> oh. Yeah, everybody's looking and going. Oh God, yes, I know. <laughs> preemptive. Oh, there we go. Uh, well, I didn't really have anything other than to say it's it's really hot and steamy here. We're we're very much in summer sort of uh, vibes now. So um, yeah, afternoons are quite quiet. I'm elevating my leg and just going, oh, but I'm hot. I'm hot. Ah, and trying to nap while you're hot. Yes, I took Charlie for his booster today. That was very exciting. Oh, um, because it's the, it's the first time I think I've taken Charlie out on his own without spice. Spice is a very laid-back dog, and so she just stayed in the office with the aircon, went, it, do what you like. Um, and so Charlie was on the front seat of Caprula, and I opened the window a bit for him, and he did that whole dog thing. He stuck his head out the window and went, oh, yeah, this is great. <laughs> um, and you've got the sort of, you know, the hair blown back stuff. Oh, it was very exciting. <laughs> um, but, yeah, summer is most definitely here. Ah, well, yeah, uh, you could send some of it our way. We've got uh, the summer travel season. Uh, you know, uh, Chateau Twyford, the guest room that uh, I painted and we put all the expensive stuff in, is booking up fast. I was telling Stu before the show that uh, I never thought I'd need a separate calendar just so that we can keep the dates of guests straight. It's a very, very weird situation to be in. Never had a guest room before. I purposely bought a house that was small enough that I couldn't have guests because I don't like people. So this whole mm. not liking people and having people come to stay, I'm not sure how that's going to work, but it starts on Saturday. So there we go. That'll be fantastic. You'll be there. Glass of wine in hand. Mine host. Would anybody like another vegetarian chew or I don't know what, what do these people eat when they come to you? Do they bring their own meat or they just become vegetarian for the weekend? They become vegetarian for the weekend. Hey, well, there you go. It's like a health retreat and everything. It's like a spa. Mm, I don't know. I could come up with some really unhealthy vegetarian stuff, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> All right, Stu, let's get back on topic. What's your tool of the week this week? Uh, my tool of the week this week, uh, well, it's me, really. Um, I've been doing some digital weeding. Uh, so getting into my email feeds and, and sort of unsubscribing from a lot of stuff, I'm, I'm gradually sort of gravitating towards 
Uh, you can email me anywhere you like, but you're going to get a reply from this email address. And I'm just accepting that some people might go, oh, is that a genuine email address? Yes. I'm not maintaining different apps and different email addresses. I just can't be bothered anymore. Mm. Same with RSS feeds, um, mm -hmm. podcast feeds, you know, all of those things. I've been but just plucking out some stuff and, and trying to slim down to the essential. What about you? What's been your tool of the week? Uh, I've got some advice, and this is a piece of advice. I know you were contemplating moving, so this was really for you, but anybody else. Never buy or rent a house that previously had renters. Because, geez, Murphy, is there so much stuff to fix? <laughs> I was thinking about this in, in terms of how will Stu and Mrs. L deal with this if you move around Europe? The other day, I was doing some maintenance on a broken part of the microwave and found out there was yet another filter inside. We have a microwave that's above the stove, mm -hmm. so it's got the fan built into it. Okay, yep. And apparently there's a filter in there. And, well, I, I ordered those, and then I had the lovely, lovely process of replacing it. And, and let's put it this way, Stu, I think I'd rather come to Cyprus and change the dressing on your infected leg. <laughs> That's all I got to say. It was, I, I was, I was heaving as I was cleaning the junk out of this poor, poor microwave. I mean, at one point I looked at this and I, I, I seriously was sitting there staring at it thinking, I wonder how much a new microwave costs mm -hmm. because well, you know, you get to that point in life where sometimes it's, it's easier to do it. But I did have the filters in hand. I replaced that. I replaced the other filter that came in the other week. Um, it's just like constant. So if you have to buy a house, make sure that it never had renters in there because they just don't take care of things. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> anyway, uh, old man shouting at the internet. Exactly. I will make notes. Good. What's your pen and ink of the week, Stu? My pen and ink of the week? Oh, it's an old favourite. It's um, a Platinum 3776 Century. I don't know what all that means. Um, it's in Chartres Blue uh, with a rhodium trim. Very, very nice. Very nice pen. Uh, very attractive. Um, sort of Japanese pen users wax lyrical about the Platinum nib. They just love it. I'm right with it i don't i i don't find there's enough flex in it for my liking particularly but um it's it's a cracking pen and i've got it filled at the moment with um the gibson les paul guitar the um what, did, what do i have the honey one honey burst i think it's called oh good choice uh by diamond lovely lovely ink lovely lovely pen uh yeah just nice enjoying it what about you what are you using this week i'm having mixed feelings this week i'm you know part of the game of doing a pen and ink of the week is to go back over pens that well you bought them and perhaps they went into storage and you hardly use them um a few i don't i don't want to date myself but uh the lamy aeon came out probably five years ago now and i was quite excited because hey new pen from lamy it looked lovely and I bought it. I tried it once. 
wasn't a huge fan of it. It went in a case. And, you know, it's not terribly, it's a, still a steel nib pen, but it's not terribly inexpensive. And this was my opportunity to pull it out and ink it again, just in the idea of what we're trying to do with reusing your old pens. Still not a fan, ter not terribly impressed. It's, it's thick, it's, it, it's all, it's all right. Uh, the nib was a problem on it. So I spent 20 minutes having to bend and tune the nib and soften the nib and sand it. And it was, it was a pain. So I, I think I'm not in love with it. And, and this is one of those pens that, you know, second time around, I'm never, not sure this will ever surface again, Stu. <laughs> it may go into that, that one at the back, you, you know, you, I've got a drawer full of, uh, pen cases, this will probably go in at the one at the very back that goes the, yeah, I'm not getting rid of these, but I'm not really in love with them. <laughs> and uh, we'll probably never see the, the light of day, uh, <laughs> but I'm ready with that. Uh, I'm using the Lamy ink, the crystal ink, uh, and I have no idea how to say this because it sounds French and I know you're probably better at this. <laughs> it's not French. I can save you. I can save you a bit. It's not French. Oh, see, I was going to pronounce it with a French accent. So I was going to cha channel your channel, your North American oh. and think how a North American might say that. Benito, Benito white, something like that. Pretty damn close. It's Benito white. Benito white. Oh no! Yeah, it's named after San Benito. Okay, uh, which is I would not have gone there. So there you go. <laughs> it's in California. It's um, it's a county, I think, oh, where good. they it's first the next discovered Apple release. this mineral. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> uh, yes. Anyway, uh, it is. It's it's weird because it looks more gray on the box and the samples that I saw. But it's rather blue, which is surprising. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's uh, a lovely ink. Uh, this is a, I think it's a fine or an extra fine. Uh, but I would challenge that your, oh, it's an extra fine. And in typical Lamy style, I would challenge that your platinum with a medium nib is much, much thinner than this. It's like a paintbrush. <laughs> Uh, I doubt it, but yes, to, to to our eyes, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, well, I've I've got a I've got a thing, okay, and uh, there's there's no pressure for you to do this, but um, if there's anybody in the European Union listening to this podcast and you would like a pen, send an email to stationaryadjacent at gmail.com. Did I get that right, Justin? You did. Fantastic, and I will send you a pen. So send me your address. And I'm going to send you one of those pens that Justin is talking about that you sort of put in the back of the, the drawer because I was just looking at my, I'm, I'm back to the weeding thing again. And I was just looking at my drawer going, I'm never going to fill that pen up. So I'd rather just send that to someone who's going to use it. And there's a few of them. So anybody uh, in the EU, because posting it outside of the EU just gets too difficult. Um, just drop, drop me a mail and I will send you a pen, a surprise pen for your birthday. As long as your birthday is soon, isn't it? Something. <laughs> I may have to look at doing the same thing as well. So, hmm, that's a good idea. I'm going to have to go through my stuff. A, a lot of the stuff that I have is not terribly expensive. It's sure. But, uh, yeah, I could probably do something like that too. We'll have to figure that one out. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sending out Mont Blanc. I'll, I'll be honest. There's, there's, <laughs> there's no Mont Blancs going out, but uh, there's some, some 
Uh, oh, good, because I have a uh, forwarding address in uh, in in Northern Ireland. <laughs> uh, yes, indeedy. All right, Northern Ireland's not you know it's not in the EU anymore technically. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> let's not go there though. <laughs> this yeah, you Brits screw everything up, don't you? Yep, <laughs> pretty much. Can't even have proper plugs. You've got everything messed up over there. Ah, oh, well, story of life. Anyway, uh, let's talk about our topic today. Um, accountability is our topic, which got me thinking. So I have a new doctor and a new doctor means he doesn't know me. He's kind of got some records for my old doctor, but uh, he's very thorough, is a polite way of saying it. And had me, well, I mean, I think he was doing uh, pints of blood by the gallon when I went in and had some... You know, you, you know, I think there were like six vials of blood. And and this is a thing that I guess when you guess to over 50, they check everything. Uh, I have a meeting in person with him in a few weeks, and uh, I'm not looking forward to that because he's already threatened me with some of the over 50 men tests that I'm going to get. Mm -hmm. So anyway, but he didn't like some of the numbers because over 50, COVID two years, and, you know, we Stu and I have uh, talked about our, well, stretchy pants that we wear because COVID weight. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of gotten crap from my new doctor. He had me do some blood sugar tests because he wanted, didn't like some of the numbers that he saw, which meant that I had to report in about what I was doing in terms of eating and exercising and what those numbers were. And he had me do that for about a week and a half. And boy, oh boy, there was no alcohol involved. There was exercise almost every day. Well, there was exercise every day, but there was actually like, I got on the Peloton, did cardio stew oh. um, every day uh, that I could. It was, it was like, this was serious commitment stuff. There was eating properly, which was, no, I'm not going to have seconds or no, I've really want that cake um, or that pie. My, my wife was kind enough to come home. We had Father's Day in the middle of that whole thing. She came home with uh, an apple pie and ice cream, which is like kryptonite for my waistline. But there you go. I was so good during that test, that period, because I was accountable. And then as soon as it was done, I had a drink. And I thought about this and I went, okay, what has changed? I know I'm still supposed to drink less and be healthy and eat well and exercise. And then I got thinking about it was because I had to report in. I was been accountable by my new doctor. And I thought about what the effect of accountability is on people. And boy, does it sure work on me. Uh, Stu, what, do you, what about you? Any thoughts on accountability? Um, wait, what? Any stories? Okay, well, plenty, plenty, plenty. Um, I mean, I think the the whole doctor one, where uh, you know, I mean, famously, doctors ask people, you know, do you smoke? Do you drink? How much? How much do you eat? Blah, blah. Mm -hmm. and and everybody sort of <laughs> to, to the last lies. Mm. So, I, well, I occasionally have a drink. <laughs> occasionally, being you know, every time the sun sets. Um, or, I mean, 
when I smoked, people used to say, do, do you smoke a lot? I said, um, maybe occasionally a bit more than a pack a day. I don't think there was ever a day that I didn't smoke two packs, <laughs> but I always, always underestimated. And accountability when it's sort of bordering on shaming, I think doesn't work mm -hmm. because um, I think we're all good liars and, and we all start by practicing on ourselves. I think we would lie to ourselves. And that sort of medical one, I think what happens is exactly as you say, we, we get really, really committed for a whole week or maybe even a fortnight. But actually then the accountability, I think, sort of fades away because we've set ourselves unrealistic goals. Um, I think for me, um, how did I, I write it? Accountability for me is really around um, how I frame something. Because if a doctor says to me, you need to drink less, <laughs> I won't drink less. I, I react very badly to being told things, ah. given orders. If a doctor sort of says to me, hmm, do you want to drink less? Ah, now we're getting somewhere because I'm beginning to think about now, oh, it's something I want to do. And if I can frame anything like that as something that I want, then I tend to be better at it. So I will go, okay, I want to be healthier. Why do I want to be healthier? Well, because I want to feel good at the end of the day. I want to wake up feeling good. I want to have more energy. All the positive things. Mm -hmm. The the negative things I, I that don't work for me. So I start framing the task, the goal, the objectives in things that I want to do. And then I set up an accountability regime. Now that might be, as you say, um, the doctor <laughs> who you know, does things like blood tests, or it might be um, a mastermind, a, a group of people. <laughs> so I'm on a slack with a bunch of people. We all quit drinking for a year. And we did it through a thing called uh, One Year No Beer, funnily enough. And they set up a, a Slack channels. And even though that that's now past, a year past, we, we still, our little group, still sort of talks to each other on that. And some, some have started drinking again and some haven't. Uh, so there's this sort of realistic focus group, if you like. Mm. Um, How honest is everybody in the focus group? I don't know. I've never met them. <laughs> oh, well, I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, have you started drinking again? Oh, I have the occasional one after, after oh, it gets dark. No, 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 we tend to get quite, quite honest stories of like, oops. Ah, okay. <laughs> what do you mean? Oops. I had four bottles of wine and threw my son out of the second floor window, you know, that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, the, I think it's honest. I mean, I'm honest, uh, on there. So, um. I do that. And also I use apps. So right now I have an app where I am logging what I drink mm -hmm. and, uh, it doesn't go to anyone else. This, this, you know, I'm sure the data goes on a server and it's being sold to somebody, but yeah, the, the, the information I'm not in with an accountability partner, it's me. It's me being able to look at that and go, okay, I've set myself a goal. What am I doing at the moment that I will have four alcohol free days a week. Mm. So four days, I would, as a minimum, four days, I will definitely not drink. And when I do drink, I'm, um, this is a bit scary. The, the advice used to be that as a, as a male, you shouldn't drink more than 21 units of alcohol in a week. 
Oh, and now it's gone down to 14, which, yeah, I mean, that's, that's 33% off, Justin. I mean, that's moving the goalposts, if you don't mind me saying. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought red wine was healthy. <laughs> yeah, apparently not in a sort of direct linear fashion. Hmm. So drinking a bottle and a half is not super healthy. Um, which is a shame because for 30 odd years, I've, I've always believed the more you can drink of it, the better. Um, but apparently not. So I just log what I'm doing for my own accountability. So I look at that and go, okay, I've decided that I want to drink less because I will feel more energetic, blah, 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 all of those things. Why am I not doing it? Am I doing it? Am I, you know, and sure enough, the last couple of weeks, um, I've been very good. I've hit my target stayed under my 14 units. I've not overdrank on any one occasion. I've had at least four, sometimes five sort of alcohol-free days in a week. Nice. And that sort of accountability works for me. So the one year, no beer thing, I found that really straightforward just to say, okay, um, I've made a decision. I'm not going to drink alcohol for a year. as though I didn't. It was easy. Um, I find moderation much harder, actually. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think trying to moderate it is is much harder. I, I use, weirdly, I use an app as well for tracking drinks. Um, I'm kind of curious what 14 units is. Mm-hmm. Is that like a, a unit is a glass of wine or a shot of something, or is it uh, less than that? A pint of beer, a pint of beer, a pint of, uh, say, 4.5% uh, lager would be two and a quarter units oh god that's complicated <laughs> yeah because it, it is units of alcohol using some sort of you know official proper scale mm. uh so a large glass a, a glass of wine that you and i would consider proper ah yes is generally is generally two two units oh so seven of those in a week i like my app a lot better <laughs> I, yeah we'll, we'll we'll share notes afterwards i might be switching app <laughs> So mine is, it's fairly simple and, uh, it just, uh, is how many glasses have you had today? So whether that's a shot of some, and, and yes, I know there's a level of moderation in there. <laughs> I'm pouring myself a triple, um, a pint of red wine, please. Thank you so much. Uh, but you know, just a, a normal, if you, if you, you know, again, it's who you've been accountable for, you're, you're accountable sure. to yourself. And so, you know, fibbing to that, this isn't a doctor that you have to fib to. Uh, Though, to be honest, I did actually tell the doctor the truth, which is why I'm using the app and trying not to drink because, well, um, I've been told I have to take uh, three days a week off alcohol. And uh, I'm trying to limit myself. The kind of suggestion I got was six glasses a week. And so far, it's it's going okay. Six is, uh, you know... You have a glass or two with dinner on a Friday night, a Saturday night, maybe a beer after you've worked in the garden. That six comes up really, really quick without even mm-hmm. ever hitting the point of inebriation, which is the surprising part yep. because it's not like, oh, I'm going out and not having six drinks. It's, um, these are just social drinks, which is, which is interesting. But anyway, so I, I'm doing that. I'm also sort of watching what I eat, um, the accountability side of that from the doctor is I got more tests coming up and I've got more accountability in there. So I, I'm, I'm going to have to kind of work on this one for a little bit. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough one for me and it certainly has 
kept me a lot more accountable for my own health. I'm still working out. That's, uh, well, not fun. Um, I have lost a few pounds though. So maybe this is a good thing. You know, those khakis that I couldn't fit into last trip. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm looking at those with that hopeful gleam in my eye stew. Ah. Maybe at some point by the end of the summer, um, as long as we don't have too many guests, um, it could be possible. For sure. And I think, I think that's the key to it is to, is to create something to move towards rather than just something to move away from. Yeah. So uh, f- for me, certainly, the, the whole idea of, oh, look, look, I'm depriving myself of that third glass of wine or that second beer or that large scotch. Um, I need to be thinking, okay, yeah, no, getting just resetting my expectations around booze and all that stuff so that I can feel a bit fitter, move a bit easier, not be as breathless perhaps, more, a bit more mobile on the golf course, get into those pants, you know, all of those things motivate me whereas sort of um being disciplined no just just, no it doesn't appeal to me you know we're talking about alcohol and i I know this is going to sound bad on a podcast but i'm kind of looking at my morning coffee and thinking you know i could go i've got a really nice bottle of red i I, I could really go for a glass even though it is first thing in the morning but yes Uh, the problem is i actually enjoy it I, i enjoy the taste of it not everybody does, and certainly I think we're both in the part where you've got to be responsible, but uh, a, a nice social drink I don't think is a bad thing. I may have to treat myself today, cross off one of my six, my six soldiers, kill one of my soldiers, Stu. <laughs> well, um, Tuesday night is my sort of men's shed night, so that's when the guys of the village all get together in the local taverna and, and we sit down have a couple of beers. I mean, I was, I was in trouble already because I brought the wife. So that, that Oof. obviously the, the boys were a little upset by that, but, but you know, you, you don't need a nap when you bring your wife. She wanted feeding for heaven's sake. Uh, so, uh, we, we sit around and have a few beers and in my sort of newfound, um, sensibleness, I'm thinking, well, how am I going to do this? Uh, because I have a couple of problems. I eat as though somebody's about to take my food away. Mm. Uh, and I'm the same with drink. You, you put down a pint of beer in front of me and people go, what happened to that? Oh, sorry. Was that a bit quick? Um, <laughs> which sort of by definition means that I can be sort of, you know, five or six pints into an evening before I know what's going on. Mm. So I've disciplined myself, right? I'm going to be slow with drink, slow pace. And then I, I make little plans. Okay, I'm going to have, I'm going to arrive there and I'm going to have an iced coffee. And of course, everybody ribs me for a bit. I was like, hey, I'm just going to have a coffee, then I'm going to have a beer. And then I have a beer, and then I'll have a water. And it's, it's funny, I can get there. But what it means is that, you know, Tuesday, I've already ticked a day off mm-hmm. for drinking. I'm like, oh, wow. Because in the ideal world, I suppose I would not drink Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's the weekend. So I've already spent one of the weekend days. Oof. It's tough. It's, it's tough, Justin. We're going to have to, I'll have to think, I'll have to do some work on Friday or something. Oh, I can't. Friday's Canada Day. I've got to have, what do I do for Canada Day? I suppose Canadian whiskey, isn't it? I, I suppose the obvious I, thing. I have no idea. I think it's uh, barbecues and steaks at the beach and stuff like that. Uh, not something I'm really into. Oh, sounds good to me. <laughs> what? Oh, of course, yeah. You don't really do steaks. Yeah. Mm, I okay. don't do steaks and, you know, barbecued meat. It's a bit of a challenge. But anyway, I, I'm, I'm weird, Stu. What can I say? Just, you know, give me the Canadian wine. I'll be fine. 
it's all good. Um, I'm saying you're a vegetarian. I mean, aren't you supposed to live forever anyway? Well, I, I thought about this with, you know, the, the regime that my doctor would like me to get onto. And I'm not sure if I'll live forever, but it'll be so unenjoyable that it'll certainly feel like I'm going to live forever. Hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's what I was going to ask you. Apple Watch. Do you use the Apple Watch for the rings and the, you know, exercise minutes and move minutes and all that jazz? Um, funny you should mention that. So I don't, I didn't until recently. So the Apple Watch has gone back on the wrist during the day. So I use the Apple Watch in the morning to, as a, as a sleep tracker and as an alarm clock. Um, I find that the Apple watch tapping on my wrist wakes me up without the dreaded thing of waking up Mrs. T. Mm -hmm. Should I ever actually sleep to my alarm clock, which I don't normally, but, uh, you know, having an alarm clock go off really early in the morning, especially when Mrs. T is not working is probably not doing me a good, a load of good in terms of waking her up sure. and getting the dog excited and all that. So I have been using the Apple watch during the day now, uh, largely because the Peloton has its, it, it's a bit like a Tesla. It has its own app that doesn't talk to Apple. Mm -hmm. And so I could track my workouts on the Peloton app, but they don't actually have a central location other than going in there. And I've added recently a, uh, a rower into the mix and the rower has an app that integrates in with apple health and fitness so uh, in order to kind of keep everything together i'm starting a, a workout on the apple watch mm. so that i can do that you know like if i'm walking i don't class that as exercise that's just you know my daily walks with the dog but for true workouts i do actually do that I'm not a huge fan of the Apple ring system. Usually I kind of ignore it and, uh, I've got all the notifications turned off. Uh, but I was checking something on a, on a fitness, Apple fitness the other day and realized that, Oh, June, I have all of these silly little awards because it's the first time I've actually actively used the Apple fitness tracking on the Apple watch. So, mm -hmm. um, it's not a, not a huge thing for me. I have been thinking about, okay, I have a nighttime watch. I've got an old series three, so it's, it's an older watch. It does fine for what I need. You know, as a sleep tracker, it's fine. Sure. Uh, and I was kind of looking at it and going, I could really use a daytime watch and a nighttime watch. And then that got me thinking to, but I don't like the Apple watch anymore. You know, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying my analog watches. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a challenge. Uh, what Apple really should do is have a fit band, like a Fitbit type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I can wear a nice watch on one side and just a little band on the other one that does the same thing without having the big ugly screen. Or I'd like them. You remember that uh, design that they were threatening to come out with last year, according to the, uh, the leaks, the round design that had kind of the square sides, a bit like the new iPhones. Sure. I'd, I'd be all over one of those as a daytime watch, but uh, mm -hmm. as it is now, I do use it. I've used it more in June than I ever have. And it's sitting on the desk in front of me because 
one of the problems I find is things that go to uh, my phone, you know, uh, Mrs. T texting me, which she did a couple of minutes ago and said, good morning, because well, she's, she's awake now. Um, mm -hmm. that is one thing on my phone where I can kind of hear it ding and I can ignore it. It's something else when it taps on my wrist and I have to look and that drives me nuts. This <laughs> having to look thing. So I, but you can turn the tap off. I mean, you don't have to be notified. Uh, well, unfortunately, she's on VIP list, and it's one of those. If I turn tap off, then I have everything gone, and it's it's balance. It's yeah, the, the do not disturb thing doesn't work particularly well because VIP lists, and it's, it's a tough one. The, these focus mode problems do. <laughs> uh, you you use your Apple Watch regularly, right? Are you are you a fan of rings and? closing rings and streaks and all the rest of that uh yeah i i did for a while get obsessed with the streaks thing and um you know in the time-honored fashion of everybody who's ever owned an apple watch i got i got hammered by a um a long flight um and time zone changes and so suddenly i lost my you know 472 day streak because i hadn't been able to stand up enough or exercise enough or uh, whatever um and actually that sort of taught me a lesson i just thought this is stupid <laughs> you really need to let go of this um what i do like is the ability to say right i need to do 45 minutes of exercise so it's the default is 30 minutes mm -hmm. um i turn that up to 45 um and that's to to force me to um just do those gentle bits of exercise whether that be um you know on the the exercise bike or walking or swimming just make sure i keep doing something particularly this time of year because it gets really really hot mm -hmm. <laughs> it's very easy to go because the dogs literally walk for a couple of minutes ago can we go home now um so <laughs> i i like that um is it sort of forced me to do something and everything else really comes from that so um you know my my calorie target is set at um i think it's a thousand thousand active calories per day mm. um and and that automatically happens if i achieve my 45 minutes exercise mm. um the stand thing is 12 hours that automatically happens just because i'm I don't know. I've never ever missed that one. I don't think. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I do. I do use it for that. It does give me a little. Um, I suppose it's a dopamine hit um, when. And sometimes, you know, I've I've got to moments where I've thought, uh, look, I'll just walk another five minutes. Because if I walk another five, then that's another five back. That will get me to where I need to get to, sort of thing. So it does have an impact upon my habits, which I think is good. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't take it seriously anymore. So sometimes I do declare, you know, day off, uh, recovery day, whatever, and just say I'm not, I'm not going to measure it. I'm not, I'm not interested. But then, usually, I find that I've done it anyway. It's just become a habit. Question for you: Yeah, how do you deal with? Because one of the things that drive me nuts is remembering to log all of your exercise goals or workouts in the Apple Watch. You know, let's say I'm going for a walk with the dog. I don't even think about A, turning it on or B, stopping it. Uh, so either I've been exercising for 43 hours straight or more likely, I just don't think about it. How do you deal with that? That might be, um, that might be a model issue. So if, um, if you go walking, if I go walking now, 
uh, with the dogs and I start walking and after about, I don't know whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes, my watch will say, oh, it looks like you're going for a walk. Would you like me to record it? Mm. And I go, oh yeah, okay. Generally speaking with walks or going into the pool, um, I just set it. I set the workout because... Uh, you know, going into a pool is a fairly sort of memorable thing. I'm like, okay, yeah. Uh, and it also turns on the waterproof sort of nature of the phone, of the phone, of the watch. Mm. And you can go, uh, you can go back in, I think. I think through the phone, you can go and set up and recapture workouts. But I, I mean, I never do that anymore. Mm. So it generally does it for me now, to be honest. And certainly when I get back from a walk, I never remember to turn it off. Uh, but I'll be upstairs in the kitchen feeding the dogs, and my my watch will start saying, uh, "You've you've stopped. Shall we shall we stop?" <laughs> um, and so I might have recorded fifty minute walk, um, but it will only record thirty eight minutes of exercise because you know it, I for part of that time I, I simply wasn't exercising, and you can't fool it that way. Not anymore, anyway. Hmm. Interesting. I I'm wondering if I can add a, an apple workout that is called carrying your dog as ballast <laughs> because i i have a princess dog and it was funny we we met one of the neighbors the other day and i was of course carrying the dog because halfway through the walk she got tired she got little legs you know uh, and i had to pick her up <laughs> because she comes she looks at me and she kind of jumps up into my into my hands um because she wants to be carried and this neighbor, uh, walk as we're walking past, she said, oh, it's a carry day. And apparently she's kind of got this, uh, sort of mental, every time she sees me, it's a 50, 50 chance of whether I'm carrying the dog or the dog's walking. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought, wow. So I'm walking with 15 pounds worth of ballast for every step that I take for half of a walk. So I really need like extra credit from Apple for this one, but I'm not sure they can give me that. Anyway. Well, there, there are workouts called other. <laughs> I don't know what you can set in them or not. Um, I, I, I'm not quite sure how you would work that out, to be honest. You may be hiking. Oh, that could be it. Hiking with the dog. Oh, I Yeah, she's she doesn't like the heat either. It's getting warmer here. And uh, yeah. uh, the long hair, she, she likes to be carried a lot more than she did before. All right. Um, so if... What one of the things I thought about accountability? Get a little bit off, off the health stuff, but onto, onto business and productivity stuff. Um, how you know? For me particularly, I'm largely self-directed, uh, and I'm I'm I know you are completely self-directed, and perhaps a little more opinioned about it than most of us. Um, how do we drive accountability when we are self-directed? in work or in, in business, that's, that's a, a different one because, you know, self-directed, particularly people that are still working remotely, that becomes much more challenging. You know, we talked about masterminds, uh, peer groups, uh, if you can get there, bosses, which that's a double-edged sword. Mm. And I want to talk a little bit, uh, about the, the weaknesses with accountability, uh, tracking processes, programs, we've we've mentioned those in regards to health. Uh, Pomodoro timers are great for that kind of thing. Um, there are timing apps, which, which both Stu and myself use. Um, there are tools that you can put in there 
to assess and set up your own accountability targets, which I think are, are really, really important. I did put as a thought, a spouse, because there are a lot of things I'm accountable for. Um, as I was talking to Stu before the show, uh, loading the dishwasher because I do it incorrectly is not one of those things, but there are other things such as garbage day that is, I'm very accountable for that. I, I take out the garbage, Stu, that, that is my job. <laughs> my, my wife and I's priorities may differ, but being accountable to her does make things around the house a little bit easier. How about you? Any, anything that I've kind of missed in terms of how we can drive our own accountability, Stu? Any, any additional ideas? Uh, well, I think for me, the, the point you make about self-direction, to a lesser or greater extent, people can be self-directed. And so I'm a consultant, so um, I choose what work I do. I choose which clients I work with. But um, the reality is that the the accountability there is to the client and by extension it's to reputation mm -hmm. so if i say i'm going to do something i do it and that's my reputation mm -hmm. so people will hire me because i will i will do what i'm supposed to do the minute i don't do that i lose the reputation when i lose the reputation i lose the clients <laughs> when I lose the clients, I lose the ability to be self-directed. So um, that to me is that sort of key accountability. And I think the key or the the, the most important factor in maintaining self-direction is reputation. So if you are one of those people who's working from home, not really wanting to return to the office, then the the case you're proving to your boss, whether consciously or or, or not, is can person A deliver at home, self-directed? Because if they do, the boss is more likely to go, okay, that's cool. <laughs> if they have any doubts <laughs> that you're able to deliver, that's when it's you have to come back into the office four days a week or five days a week. Oh, God, that commute. <laughs> for you, yeah, that, that would clearly be a killer. But um, I'm thinking for some of the listeners, it's, it's that, that whole thing of being able to say what I say I do, I do. Mm -hmm. And the boss turn around and go, do you know what? She's right. That's very, very important because that ultimately is the one argument that is likely to win bosses over. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I like their reputation. I hadn't really thought about that. So I like that. Um, we've got some different opinions about musts because mm. You, you believe that everything that we, we do want is the key word. We've got to reframe things into a want. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, it's, you know, semantics more than anything else, but, um, you know, there are musts in my life just as there are in yours. So, yep. I'm accountable to the, uh, commanding officer, open brackets, domestic close brackets, uh, <laughs> has assigned me certain tasks. Loading the dishwasher? Uh, trash being one of them. Uh, well, uh, listen, I am Renaissance man. I, um, I'm responsible for the beds, uh, changing and washing thereof. Um, well, not, I don't wash the bed, but the stuff that goes on the bed, the sheets and things. Um, I'm in charge of most sort of clothes washing. 
Um, the trash. So uh, that's three times a week in Cyprus. So um, I, I have little due <laughs> reminders on the you know DUE that app that sort of nags you until you do it um, to do that. Um, and I do uh, what we call blue shopping. So we have blue shopping and pink shopping. And blue shopping ten is um, you know the big we have big water coolers in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so the big sort of refills for that, and then all the you know, wine, beer, soft drinks, all of those sort of, you know, things that I can't get wrong is the way that I like to see it. Um, so all of those things, I guess, are wants. But I I have to frame them in my mind as wants, hmm. not as musts, because if it's a must, then I'll rebel against it. Hmm. And I'll feel entitled and I'll feel put upon. And do you know how hard I work, Justin? All of that sort of nonsense. Whereas if I reframe it and say, okay, I want to be in charge of these things to make my contribution to the running of the house, to make sure that, you know, our lives run as smoothly as we like. Uh, I want to do it. So I'll set up these reminders or I'll do this or I'll do that. I'll have a system. And then it works for me. (laughs) So I don't think there's any difference. It's just how I have to frame it for my slightly perverse and weird mind. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking about this in terms of going back to the health being one of the things that's top of the mind. It's hard to figure out the want um, because, well, this is a this is a must. Yeah, you know, I've I've got to make sure that uh, I stay healthy, and you know, yes, I want to stay healthy and alive, but at that moment in time. <laughs> The extra glass of wine, you know, where you've already had one and your, your resistance to that second glass goes down. (laughs) Oh, sure. That must, that must versus (laughs) want is a whole different problem. I know privilege, complete privilege, you know, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a thing that I'm dealing with. Sure. I mean, I, I have to say for me, the, the balance that I have to strike as, as we touched on earlier, don't drink Stuart. No problem. I cannot drink. I, I didn't drink for a year. It's fine. I enjoyed it, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Stuart, do what you want. Yep, I could drink a lot. I could be really, really funny until I'm not. Stuart, just drink moderately. Oh, that's hard. That's difficult. That's complicated. But those are challenges. But thing, things that, that are worth remembering, and, and I, I urge everybody to think about this, none of us is getting out of this alive. We're all going to die. <laughs> and however healthy one gets to, I mean, I see people that make themselves so miserable trying to be healthy that they're shortening their lives because stress will kill you as quick as anything. <laughs> and it's, I think it's about balance and it's about working out those musts and wants. I want to be able to get up in the morning, take my dogs for a walk, enjoy the beautiful place that I live. And I want to be able to do that before it gets hot. So that I need to balance with, oh, I want that third glass of wine <laughs> too. Actually, maybe I don't want that third glass of wine. Maybe I just want to sit here and enjoy the company I'm in, have a glass of water and still be able to get up at five o'clock tomorrow. And I don't always get it right. <laughs> I completely agree with that. <laughs> However, I, it's, it's balance. Um, I, you know, sometimes when I read the, the, the stuff and I listen to my, and my dog, well, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. Look, dog, you know, eventually <laughs> this is going to go wrong. We know this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're not designed to live forever. And 
uh, I'm not ever going to be my target weight. I've come to this conclusion. Um, I would have to lose something like 25% of my body weight to be down to what the, the body mass index says that I should be. Mm. Um, I'd have to be at a weight that I haven't been since I was, I don't know, 16 or something. Oof. It's not going to happen. However, could, could I shed a few kilos? Yeah, I definitely could shed a few kilos. Would I feel better for it? Yeah. So I want to do that. Do I want to exercise for two and a half hours every day on the Peloton? No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I was thinking about that yesterday when I was in this workout and I, I, I was watching the instructor and I was thinking, right, this one's on my block list because I <sighs> did not like that workout. But anyway, yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> You've got to enjoy what you're doing. Uh, there, there is a, a, a relationship. I, I like the idea of reframing a must as a want. The sort of question that that leads to for me is, what is the downside of accountability? I'm kind of thinking there's a slippery slope between accountability and, you know, if somebody else is doing the accountability, micromanagement, or more importantly, disempowerment, you know, or mm. uh, disinterest in it. The rebellion that we've talked about for the must is, you know, bugger it, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to and I'm privileged and I'm just not going to do that because somebody shouldn't tell me what to do. Yeah. Um, do you, do you have any thoughts on the downsides of accountability? Um, all right. Little personal story. Um, my dad died at the age of 59 and he died of an aortic aneurysm. Now it turns out that it's genetic. So all of the males on his side of the family have, a tendency to problems with the aorta, which is the big sort of vein system that connects to the heart. So kind of important. Now, my dad was a smoker uh, and he was a, he was a big guy. Um, and he retired and then four and a bit years later, um, they discovered this. He was, he was, you know, he'd been under the weather. My mother, uh, had sort of forced him to go and have a, what she called a, an MOT, you know, a full check of, <laughs> of all the parts. And, and they discovered this and the surgeons went, okay, great. We're going to have to do an operation, but look, Mr. Lennon, uh, we want you to, you know, shed a few pounds and stop smoking. Okay. You're going to be on a ventilator for a long time, getting you off a ventilator. That's, that's a real important thing. The more lung capacity you've got, the better. And my dad was a very strong willed guy. And he could not stop smoking. He just couldn't. He cut itself. He cut it down. Cut it down. But he was sneaking off to go and have a, a sneaky cigarette because he was frightened of all that, as you say, accountability or mm. accountability in inverted commas. And uh, you know, it was breaking his heart. He was. He he just could not get his head around why he couldn't do this. And the reason he couldn't do it, I discovered later, was because. He hadn't discovered what I discovered about reframing. You must stop smoking. You must stop smoking. You must stop smoking. You must stop smoking. We will make sure you do not smoke. We will make sure you do not smoke. We will watch your every move. We will make sure we will shame you every time you want to have a cigarette. My, my father smoked because he was addicted to smoking and he was addicted to smoking because all his life he'd been an active participant in his own brainwashing. Mm -hmm. No, this isn't me coming up with some brand new theory. This is um, The Easy Way to Stop Smoking by Alan Carr. 
who explains, he basically uses NLP, right? <laughs> neuro-linguistic programming, for those that don't know, uh, which is reframing. And he talks you through all of the, the journey that all smokers go through. So every smoker, when they start smoking, hates smoking. And that's because smoke, putting, you know, in, inhaling a poisonous smoke into your lungs, your body will react. It will cough. <laughs> it will go, that's horrible. Don't do that again. But you convince yourself that it makes you look cool or it makes you look grown up or it'll make you fit in or it'll get you more girls or it'll get you more boys. Who knows? Whatever it is, you convince yourself that you like smoking. And then throughout your smoking career, you convince yourself that it relaxes you. You convince yourself that it helps you concentrate. You convince yourself that it helps you do this, do that, the next. It's all nonsense. It's all utterly made up. But because you have convinced yourself of it, you believe it. And if you believe it, it really doesn't matter what anyone else says. They can hold you as accountable as they want. You will struggle to quit smoking. On the other hand, if you reframe it and you do things like NLP, read the books, think about why you smoke, read those words about you hated your first cigarette and go, do you know what? He's right. I did. Read the stuff that says actually science shows that a cigarette doesn't relax you, that a cigarette doesn't help you concentrate. That's something, it's a myth you've created for yourself. Get rid of that myth. It's not true. It just isn't true. And you start doing that. I quit smoking. Bang, like that. You're going to ruin wine for me, aren't you? <laughs> no, but I, I will say this to you. When I quit drinking for a year, um, having spent a long time drinking a lot of wine, a very good wine at that, um, I got back to wine and did what all wine, I'm, again, I'm using air quotes you can't see, but connoisseurs do and i swirled the glass and i inhaled the wine got the nose tasted it as i've done all my life do you know what wine tastes like what and uh let's think i don't know a left bank bordeaux 1990s good house good year let's see what we can pick up in this that's what a wine taster will tell you come on mm -hmm. swirl it around can you feel the fruit on your nose can you feel the no. The hints of chocolate. The it's all utter nonsense. It's rubbish. What wine tastes like is alcohol. Alcohol softened with grape juice. And that's largely because wine is alcohol softened with grape juice. However, <laughs> it doesn't take you long to get back into the, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Like dark cherry, Justin. I'm getting dark cherry. Do you get the dark cherry? Some spice there. It's like cardamom, isn't it? It's so uplifting. But should we have another one? And off we go. But actually, that first day back, I was going, all of these things that I love about wine, yeah, they're there, but they're under this big, thick, downy duvet of alcohol. That's the thing that you can taste in your mouth. Um, and yeah, you and I talk ourselves into all of the great things that wine does for us. And because we believe it, then it does. <laughs> but equally, we could have all those things without it. That doesn't necessarily mean that we should. That's, the, I suppose, the point that I'm making is that the danger of accountability, particularly external accountability, is it becomes very judgmental and it becomes unhelpful. It becomes counterproductive. Mm -hmm. um, and people who are trying to quit anything tend to be very down on themselves and very judgy of themselves. And that doesn't help.
It just does not help. It's like when somebody slips and somebody's trying to quit smoking or quit drinking and, and they smoke or they drink, you know, calling them an idiot really doesn't help. They know that. <laughs> Say, oh, well, you've screwed up. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I kind of knew that. You know, the objective was not to smoke and I'm now smoking. I kind of knew I screwed up. Thanks. That's not helpful. Talking to people about. And that's where you get into the sneaky cig- cigarettes that are guilt-ridden as well. Yeah. Well, what happens when you, um, if you're in my dad's position where, you know, I mean, uh, uh, my mum told me that she found him hiding in a, in one of our sort of basement rooms, uh, crying and smoking at the same time. He was crying out of his, cause he, he couldn't quit. But what happens is when you cut down something like cigarettes, or if you're not careful, cut down things like wine is that you make them even more precious. So your psychology is saying, now is the time I can have my one cigarette of the day, my one glass of wine of the week. And so you, you sort of elevate it to this, you know, my precious status, which makes it even harder to quit. And that sort of accountability can be really toxic. Hmm. Wow. Well, on the, that bombshell, Stu has ruined wine <laughs> for me. I got the wind in my sails there. It's it, look moderation in all things. That's the lesson I'm trying to learn. But what happens is if you know you and I one day in the dark distant future get together and we have perhaps do that thing. We say, should we have a second bottle? Do you know what? It's okay if we're doing it every night. That's probably a problem. Hmm. All right, that's good to know. Uh, what's tonight? Is that uh, is that a good night or uh, not an every night stew? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's the eve of Canada Day. I mean, I think, you know, you've got to celebrate the... What are, what are you celebrating? The sort of foundation of Canada or its independence? Or? Oh, come on. You don't actually expect me to know these things. I know it's an extra day off work. <laughs> That'll people, do. That'll people do. People walk around, they wave the red, wet, red and white flag around and, uh, you know, the... Well, up here, I think they replace it with a maple leaf. They put the pot... Uh, pot leaf on the uh the marijuana leaf on the flag but uh, <laughs> I, I i you know i've never actually thought about it. i think it's like the founding of canada or i would say the independence perhaps from england but you know I colony guess, and all that stuff but um i've never actually googled it oh, i gotta have to google that now and put it in the show notes thanks dude well, there you go. Homework. well we both would have learned something though that's important all right okay any takeaways from the discussion today Stu? Uh, I, I suppose really it was where I ended. Just um, hold yourself accountable for the right things. Hold yourself accountable for um, getting better, not at sort of absolutes and stopping this and stopping that and doing that, at getting better, at moving in the right direction. Be kind to yourself. Mm. Very good point. Uh, my takeaway is, you know, even though there's pluses and minuses to having an accountability partner, if you're really feeling less productive than you feel you should be, and you're going to know, you know, we all, we all know if we're dogging it a little bit or if we're having a really good, a good time, find yourself an accountability partner, whether it's real, a person or people to talk to or imaginary, if it's an app, you know, or just a piece of paper that you write down and check off your list. Uh, you'll be amazed at the change as a couple of weeks on the Peloton has taught me. Stu, where can people find you on the interwebs? 
Uh, you can find me uh, on my blog at stuartlennon.com or at nerosnotes.co.uk where there's some wonderful stationery for sale. Or you can find me uh, blowing off steam on Twitter at Stu Lennon. What about you, Justin? Where can we find you? I've been hiding from the internet. I've been too busy working out and not drinking. Uh, but if you do want to find... You athlete. Yeah, that's that's me. Um, I could go for... What's that sport where they roll the cheese down the hill? I could be the cheese. <laughs> You can find me at uh, justintwyford.com that has links to my social media. If you have any thoughts, comments, uh, please drop us an email. StaySureJason at gmail.com. Really appreciate your thoughts. And if you want a pen. Oh, yes. And if you want a pen, send us send us emails. Um, I, as, as far as, yeah, we'll see how that goes. That could be interesting and expensive and fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, please like and review us on your podcast, Catch Your Choice. We really do appreciate your recommendations to your friends and colleagues. Our next topic. I'm not sure I'm going to say this, Stu. Notes. Go ahead. What are they good for? Say it again. <laughs> Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, sir.